Thanks for listening to the Aspire Church podcast. Visit us at aspirejacks.org to access additional resources or to learn more about the ministries of Aspire Church. People love adoption stories, don't you? I mean, when you hear a story like that or you see something like that, it it touches your heart. I think there's something maybe about the tragedy that has to precede the need for a child to be adopted that opens our hearts in a really special way. The tragedy of broken relationships make the bond of adoption seem all that much stronger. I think it also speaks to a really deep need inside every human heart to know that they belong to believe that we're not an accident, that somebody wants us. You know, we started a series back at the beginning of Advent, uh, back before any of these candles were lit, um, on this simple idea that Jesus came not just as a God who suddenly appeared to all of us as a mighty savior and warrior, but he came as a baby born into a very real family with very real problems like all of our very real families have. And Jesus' family was broken, and he had lots of challenges in his family. You can track his family lineage all the way back through the Old Testament, and you can see some of the most messed up families you could ever want to see. I mean, we're talking Jerry Springer quality family problems. And that's the family that Jesus was born into. And Jesus' birth into that earthly family, I think it tells us a bigger picture. It it foreshadows something bigger that God wanted to do. The reason God decided that when he would take on flesh, he would come to be a part of a real family is that he wanted us to know that through Jesus, God was building a new kind of family, the kind of family that we've always wanted but never quite could find. See, Jesus stepped into the dysfunction of our human family and adopted us into his heavenly one. In fact, that's the message of Christmas. It's that Jesus left his home in heaven so that heaven could become your home. That he came to adopt us into God's family. So on Christmas morning, as we celebrate the birthday of Jesus, we gather here in this place where we gathered, some of us gathered last night to celebrate on Christmas Eve. I want us to to not look back on Jesus' Jesus' genealogy. We've done that already. And not at Jesus' immediate family. But I want us to look at the family that Jesus was building. If you have a Bible, I want you to open with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verse 3 and following. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, that's okay. There's one in front of you. Uh, We'll also put the words on the screen. And if you don't own a Bible, please feel free to take that print Bible in front of you as our gift to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14 If you've ever felt like you didn't belong in your family, and I think at some point in all of our lives, especially maybe in our teenage years, we feel that way, then the message that the gospel has for us is that the reason we feel that way is because none of us, no matter how good our families are, actually belong to a family as good as the one that we were designed to be a part of. And God wants you to know that you can be a part of his family today. If you're alone If you're broken, if you feel somehow the magic of Christmas only exacerbates the pain that you feel, the emptiness inside, then the good news of Christmas morning for you is that Jesus stepped into our world so that we could step into his. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, this is what it says. This is Paul writing to a letter to some Christians, many of whom have come to faith in Christ and as a result of following Jesus have lost their entire family. 
They've been rejected and kicked out of their family, and Paul is writing them. And here's what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now, this passage right here reminds me of a Christmas carol that we sometimes sing that maybe you don't have never thought about the lyrics to. But you know that, that Christmas carol, Away in a Manger? And the line in there that says, and fit us for heaven to live with thee there or to dwell with thee there. And fit us for heaven. I don't know if you've ever thought about what does it mean to be fit for heaven? That, that something has to happen inside of us in order to make us fit into heaven. Because here's the truth, like I know when I think about heaven, I think about a place that is better than any place I could ever imagine being, like it, it's, it's perfect. The problem with a perfect heaven is that I'm not perfect. And I certainly think that there are a lot of people I know who aren't perfect, and come on, let's be real, if they were there, heaven wouldn't be perfect, right? You can think of some folks like that, it's okay. So what is God doing through Jesus Christ? God is fitting all of us for heaven. He, he's making us in such a way that we will fit into this perfect heaven and be with him. So how are you made fit for heaven? Well, he says, by being made holy and blameless. Well, that's going to be a problem for most of you. And for me, right? I mean, if I have to be made holy and blameless, I don't know how to do that. I mean, let's be honest, I don't even live up to my own expectations every year when I set my New Year's resolutions. Usually by February or March, I'm changing my plan and compromising it downward, right? Isn't that what we do? Oh, I thought I would lose 10 pounds. Well, maybe I'll only lose five. Well, maybe I just won't gain any weight this year, right? <laughs> so how am I supposed to be made holy and blameless? Well, the good news is it says, in him. In, in Jesus, we're made holy and blameless. It's not something I have to do on my own. It's something that happens inside of him. But notice this other news that he says, that he chose you before the foundation of the world. He chose you. You may think that I don't know what I'm talking about. You may think that if, if I knew what you had done, who you are, I might not say that. And maybe you're right. Maybe I don't know you well enough. But God does know you well enough. In fact, God knows you better than you know you, and he did choose you anyway. The Bible says, in fact, that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Psalm 139 says that while you were still being formed in your mother's womb, he already knew you, he had numbered your days. Before he set the stars in place or forged the mountains, he chose you. See, it wasn't just that he fits you for heaven, but he created all the earth around you, around us. This is how much he loves us. And listen to what it says in verse 5. In love, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. In, in love, he already de determined that you would be adopted to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace for which he has blessed us in the beloved. There it is. Who's the beloved? Jesus. 
Now, this brings up all kinds of interesting questions that we don't really have the, probably the mental capacity on Christmas morning to think about. But, but maybe after the fog clears and you've had your Christmas nap, think about this. Because this is a debate theologians have. And maybe you've had it if you've ever watched the, you know, that, that classic movie, The Matrix. You know, is everything predetermined? Is it, if, and this is what this passage says, that you were predestined in him. I think we overthink that a lot of times because here's what happens. When we think about being predestined, so if I'm predestined, did that mean I had a choice? Did, did I really have a choice or was it just predetermined? And if, if I wasn't predestined, let's talk about that. Like if I wasn't predestined, then how is that fair that I wasn't chosen and somebody else was chosen? But that's not what this is saying. In fact, what this passage is saying is that it's Jesus who is predestined. That God predestined that Jesus would be the source in the way that we would be adopted. That if we are in him, we are caught up with him into a new heavenly family. Let let me give you a really practical example here. Um, Many of you know that uh, a little more than 18 months ago, uh, my daughter Emma got married to Paul. Paul was predestined to be a part of our family. Now, that doesn't mean that Sherry and I picked Paul, although I think maybe Sherry thinks she kind of did pick Paul. (laughs) But but think about this. Whoever our kids married were going to be predestined to be a part of our family. Like, not all of our kids are married yet. Only one is. Whoever they marry in them, in the relationship they have with our kids, it's already predetermined. They're going to be part of the Weber family, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Which means that on Christmas morning, they're going to have to be in church if Christmas is on a Sunday. (laughs) But but think about this. That's what this is talking about. This isn't saying that God is some capricious God who somehow says, okay, you're in, but you're not, and you're in, and you're in, but you're not, and you're not. That's how many people think about predestined. And they get caught up in this idea, well, how is that fair? And is God really fair? That's not what this is teaching at all. This is teaching that God predestined that Jesus Christ, whoever was in Jesus, would be part of a new kind of family. Therefore, if you are in Christ, you are incorporated into God's family. And this is the good news. That in Christ, we are predestined to be adopted into that perfect family that none of us can replicate this side of heaven. That in Jesus, you can be a part of something new, something perfect. He goes on and he says this, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, that's pretty thick for a Christmas morning. But let me just break it down for you. That in Christ, in him, you have redemption and forgiveness of your sins. You see, I said earlier that you might be thinking, if I knew who you were and what you've done and where you'd been, that I wouldn't think you were fit for heaven. But it doesn't matter what I know about you. That God already knows all those things about you. And in Christ, all of those things are wiped away. All the sin, all the shame, all the regret, all the brokenness, all the pain. All of that gets swept away. Where? In Christ. 
That, that in him we have forgiveness of sins. All of our trespasses are forgiven. And that in him he has given us all wisdom and insight so that we could know the mystery of his will. That we can understand the purpose of God that are set forth where? In Christ. That there's been a plan since the beginning of time to unite all things in him. This is why we have this desire for this family that none of us can kind of find this perfect family because families are imperfect. There's always this broken relationship. There's always a disagreement. There's always some history that we have to overcome. But in Christ, all of those things are made right and all things are made united in him is redemption and forgiveness of sin. Now notice this. This, is, this, is, this blows my mind when I think about this. Because what this is talking about is not religion. Because what religion teaches is that you come and it's a grab and go idea. That if you want mercy and forgiveness, you come to church, you come, you see a priest in a confession booth, you come to a communion table and you grab what you need and you go with it. Like, I I need some forgiveness. I need some grace. Let me go to religion and take it. That's not what this is teaching. This is teaching that all these things are in Christ. And if you want to partake of these things, you also have to be in Christ. That's where they're found. If you are not in Christ and you choose not to remain in Christ, as Jesus invited us to remain, as the branch remains in the vine, then you are separate separate from all the grace and the mercy and forgiveness that he has for us. Listen to what it says in Colossians 3, verse 3 and 4. For you have died... And your life is hidden where? With Christ in God. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is also is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What this means is that God doesn't see your brokenness and your sin. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. If you are in Christ. As a part of his family, we've been let in on God's plan, this mysterious plan, this union of heaven and earth, this idea that somehow God is going to make all things right and bring all things back together again. He goes on in verse 11 and says, in him, we have obtained an inheritance because if you're going to be adopted into the family, you get put in the will. In him, we have an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who has worked all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were in were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory in him you also when you heard the word of truth of the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise of the holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory see as children we've been included in the will we have an inheritance And as evidence of this, God has given us a deposit of himself in the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that he will fulfill his promise to us. That that the good news of Christmas is that he wants to adopt you. He wants you to be a part of his family. He wants you to be in the family picture. Now the key to this passage is the phrase, in Christ. In fact, it's repeated like 10 times in these few verses, these 11 or 12 verses. And here's what it says. In Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Christ, we were chosen before the foundation of the world. 
In Christ, we have been predestined for adoption. In Christ, we are redeemed through his blood. In Christ, we have access to all wisdom and insight and to know his will. In Christ, we are united with all things in heaven and on earth. In Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. In Christ, we have hope. In Christ, we hear the word of truth. In Christ, we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. All of that is in Christ. Now, because it's Christmas morning, and I know sometimes these concepts are difficult, I want to just share an analogy with you that some of you may have seen before. But this is a Russian nesting doll. And just to kind of give you an idea, I think, of what this passage is talking about, is this fact that when God created all things, he created us in his image. Set us a little lower than the angels, the book of Psalms says. But what happened? What happened is that sin separated us from God. And there was no way that we could be good enough to get back to God. We couldn't do it in our own power. There was no way for us to to bridge the gap. And so what does God do? God takes on flesh, and he, on Christmas, comes to dwell with us. God with us. The image of the invisible God. Suddenly, we can see God, whom we couldn't see before because our sin obscured the view. And we recognize in Jesus somebody who was like us, somebody who walked and was a part of a family and somebody who needed to eat and somebody who got tired at the end of a long day. We could relate to that God. But there was still no way for us to be able to get back to God unless somehow we were in Christ. And so what happened? On the cross, the body of Christ was broken for us. And through his brokenness, he has given us the deposit, the deposit of his Holy Spirit that Scripture says he has placed in us. When we talk about inviting Jesus into your heart, what we're really saying is we're inviting the Holy Spirit of God to come and animate us, to be a part of us. So we we invite the Holy Spirit where? To come and dwell in us. We are dead in our trespasses. We have been buried in Christ. Then we are in Christ, like this passage says, and when God looks at us, he only sees his son And God, through Christ, is uniting all things in heaven and earth together in him. That we are in Christ, and Christ's spirit is in us, and because of that, we belong in God's family. We are nestled in. The psalmist says that he places his hand uh, above us and he hems us in on the sides. This is where we live and dwell and have our being, that we are included in Christ, included in God's family. And here's here's the opportunity that we have on Christmas morning to accept God's invitation to be adopted into his family by making room in your life for Christ. 
not just by showing up at church, as much as that's great. I mean, you all get an A plus for coming to church on Christmas morning. But, but let me tell you, you showing up at church on Christmas morning is not what saves you. That's a grab and go religion. What, what saves you is finding yourself in Christ, not just on Sunday at 11, but on Tuesday at 3, and on Thursday at 9 a.m., and on Friday at 11 p.m., that we have our life in Christ, and in Him we've been adopted. So if you're feeling abandoned, orphaned, neglected, left out, the good news about, Chris, about Jesus' family Christmas tree is that the whole point of Christmas is that he came so that you could be adopted into his family. Would you bow your heads? So with, your, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want you to think this Christmas morning about God's invitation for you to be adopted into his family. And if you have said yes to that invitation, would you just, in a quiet way right now in your own heart, just thank God for the incredible gift that he has given you this Christmas of being adopted in Christ into God's family? And if this morning you're here today and you're still feeling like an outsider, you still feel like you don't belong, maybe you've come today to be a part of this worship service, but maybe you feel like an outside guest or maybe even just a foster child who's here today. But what if, like the boy in that video, the best gift that you could be offered today was an invitation to be a part of this family. I wonder if this morning if you'd receive that gift. All you have to do this morning is say yes to Jesus. That's it. God, as we come today, we are reminded of your faithfulness and the incredible lengths to which you went on that very first Christmas 2,000 years ago to bridge the gap that we could never leap over, that you would take on flesh and come and live among us, that you would leave your home in heaven so that heaven could be our home. God, thank you. Thank you that we were predestined. Lord, not because of the good things we've done, but because we've been invited to be in Christ. God, Thank you for that incredible gift and incredible opportunity. For those of us who, who've accepted that gift, thank you for making us part of your family. But Lord, for those who may be here today, who may be watching online or listening to a podcast sometime in the future, God, I pray that today they would hear the invitation to be a part of the family, to be in Christ. And God, we thank you for the deposit that you've put inside of us of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that as we go into a new year that we would live every day seeking to obey that still small voice that you've placed inside of us, calling us to you. 
God, until that great day when heaven and earth will be reunited and all things will be made well and there will be no more tears and there will be no more broken homes and there will be no more suffering or death or sickness or sorrow. But Lord, until then, may we celebrate the fact that we are already in your family. God, we love you. Thank you for the gift that you gave us on Christmas. A gift that wasn't just a one-time gift, but it's a gift of eternity, a gift every day of life and abundant life in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Aspire Church Podcast. If what you've heard has been helpful, please subscribe and rate our podcast and share it with a friend. If you'd like to support the ministry of Aspire Church or want someone to contact you personally, please visit our website at aspirejacks.org.